There are a lot of names for God used in the Bible, but one name stands out above them all. What is it? Well, it's been hotly debated over the years, especially among those who have only a remedial knowledge of Hebrew and an axe to grind. However, there's an important reason we should know it, and it's probably not why you think. What is God's personal name, and why is it important that we know? Let's find out together in this week's 5-Minute Torah. This week we are studying the portion of Vayera, Exodus 6-2 through 9-35, and here are the three things that you need to know about it. Number one, uncircumcised lips. Moses doubts his calling again. Just like last week, this week we hear Moses doubting his ability to do what God has called him to do. He doesn't believe he can persuade either Pharaoh or the Israelites to trust in his God-given authority. Despite God's assurances and promises of deliverance, Moses hesitated due to a perceived inadequacy in his ability to be the mouthpiece of God, questioning his ability and his capability to effectively convey God's commands. He describes his condition as being one of uncircumcised lips. However, God reaffirmed Moses' role and provided him a reassurance, stating that Aaron would act as his spokesperson. He told Moses that even though Pharaoh might resist despite witnessing his miraculous signs, the ultimate goal was to show God's unlimited power, ensuring the recognition of his sovereignty by both the Egyptians and the Israelites. Success wasn't dependent upon Moses. He was only the tool in the hands of the king of the universe. Number two, the plagues begin. Seven of ten, not to be confused with seven of nine. In this week's Torah portion, we read about the beginning of God's judgment on Egypt. We learn about seven of the ten plagues that God inflicted on Egypt. The waters of the Nile turn to blood, swarms of frogs overrun the land, lice infest both man and beast, hordes of wild animals invade the cities, a pestilence kills the cattle, painful and unsightly boils afflict the Egyptians, and a combination of fire and ice descend from the skies to destroy all that remains. Still, the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he would not let the children of Israel go as God had told Moses. Number three, the heart of Pharaoh. Who did the hardening? After each of the first five plagues, we read Pharaoh's heart was hardened. But when it came to the sixth plague, we read, but the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. This topic is one that has troubled people for centuries. The question always comes up, if God hardened Pharaoh's heart, does man really have free will or not? How do we resolve this? The Midrash says that when God saw that Pharaoh did not relent after the first five plagues, he declared, he's already gone too far. Even if Pharaoh wants to repent now, I will harden his heart in order to exact full punishment from him. Therefore, God reinforced the choice Pharaoh had already made in order to show his mighty hand against the enemies of Israel. Pharaoh had made his choice. Now it was time God was magnified through his bad choice. This week's Torah commentary is called The Sacred Name Revealed and comes from my book, 5-Minute Torah, Volume 2. If we pay close attention, we'll realize that this week's Torah portion begins with an odd statement that begs for clarification. 
At first, the opening words of our portion seem contradictory to the basic storyline of what we have learned about God's relationship with both the patriarchs and with Moses up to this point. Let's take a careful look at the opening words of our Torah portion. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. Exodus 6, 2 through 3. God said to Moses, I am the Lord. Our English translations use the word Lord, usually all uppercase, big uppercase and smaller uppercase, to represent the sacred name of God. In Hebrew, this is spelled with the letters Yod and He and Vav and He represented by the English letters Y-H and V-H, or Y-H and W-H. This is the name that God commanded Moses to tell the children of Israel. Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Exodus 3.15 We often refer to this name as Hashem, which simply means the name. Next, God tells Moses, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. In the Hebrew, this is El Shaddai. But by my name, Hashem, or the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. But wait a minute. Is this even a true statement? Did the patriarchs not know the sacred and holy name of God? Here are three passages that tell us they did. And there he, referring to Abraham, built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord, Genesis 12, 8. So he, referring to Isaac, built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there, Genesis 26, 25. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it, Genesis 28, 16. Clearly, we can see from these passages and many others that God had indeed revealed His divine name to the patriarchs. But if this is the case, then why does He seem to deny that this has ever happened? Here we must pause to understand an important concept. When it comes to interpreting the scriptures, many people read the Bible literally. However, we need more people who are biblically literate. These two things are polar opposites at times. And if we don't know the difference between the two, then we are most likely misunderstanding large sections of the Bible. So, what does it mean that God didn't reveal himself to the patriarchs by his sacred name? Well, if we remember back to last week's Torah portion, the last thing we read was that Moses complained to the Lord that since he had been sent, the situation of his people had only gotten worse. He said, O oh Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. Exodus 5, 22-23 The Lord responded, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. Exodus 6, 1 The very next thing God tells Moses is, I am Hashem, or I am the Lord. This is verse 2. Why would he say at this point that his name was Yod and He and Vav and He? 
He was reminding Moses that he will make good on his word, not only to him, but also to the patriarchs. When God said that he appeared to the patriarchs only as El Shaddai, generally translated as God Almighty, he was referring to his character that he revealed to them during their lifetimes. God swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob that he would deliver their children from bondage, give them the land of Canaan, and make them into a mighty nation. But those promises did not come about during their lifetimes. Beginning with Moses, however, God declared that he would reveal himself as Yod and He and Vav and He, the Lord, the faithful God who keeps his promises and will deliver his children from the hand of Pharaoh. Sometimes we know that God is with us, but we see him revealed only as El Shaddai. What aspect of God do you see right now in your life? Have you been delivered from your own personal Egypt and into your own proverbial promised land? Or can you only feel the strong hand of El Shaddai clinging to you as you walk this journey of promise, waiting for your day of deliverance, redemption, and security? Wherever you are on your journey, whether you can see the light at the end of the tunnel or not. Remember that just as the Lord delivered the children of Israel after a long exile in Egypt, He will eventually deliver you from your Egypt. No, it may not be as soon as we would like, but when He does, we will never be the same. We must cling to that truth until He reveals His sacred name to us, Hashem, the one who is faithful. What's your story? Where are you on this journey of divine revelation? Drop me a note in the comments so we can connect and I can hear your story. And maybe it'll encourage someone else who may be on a similar journey. I would love to hear from you. I'll see you again soon with another Messianic insight into the eternal Torah of God. Blessings from Amet Torah.